Okay, so we're continuing on with We Are Enlisted Into God's Army. If you've missed any of these messages, please go back onto our podcast apps if you can and have a listen. You can even recap them. Tyson is preaching, well, he didn't preach last week. So Holy Spirit, those who weren't here, he just smashed us. So it was so good to have a service like that again and prophecies were flowing and people were getting prayed for and spirit was moving. It was such a good day. But um, And I'm sure Tyson will get, you know, in his next time, he'll share what the Lord has led him to lead. But today we're continuing on with Enlisted into God's Army. I'll get Zeke just to pop that up. And I'm going to do a quick recap, a very quick recap of a few things that I spoke about two weeks ago. And I talked a bit about Ezekiel 37. And when we read about the prophet Ezekiel going into the Valley of Dry Bones and prophesying over the bones, the long story short, the army rises, that which was dead with the breath of God was brought back to life. And there before Ezekiel stands an army once dead, now fully alive and ready to battle. I mean, it's just an incredible, incredibly encouraging, faith-filling, inspiring part of God's Word. So in most cases, when we hear the preaching from that Ezekiel 37, it's used to speak to us with the power of God. You know, he's reviving, he's resurrecting, he's restoring, and that sort of what we see when we do that, uh, when we read Ezekiel 37. And it shows us how God can move into the graveyard of our lives and resurrect dreams. He can resurrect visions and how he can step into the middle of our chaos and confusion and he can bring all that into order and peace. And that's how good our God is. Amen. Amen. We're a Pentecostal church. Come on. We see God take nothing, nothing. We see him just take nothing through the process of hearing the Word of God and the operation of the Holy Spirit. And he turns that nothing into a something great and powerful. You know, I mentioned he can do that in your life. There's some graveyards in your life. He can come in. He can resurrect them. He can restore them. He can empower them, you know, because that's what our God does. And we labour with great diligence and attention to detail to show how a valley full of dry, desolate, broken, separated bones are transformed into the final product of a mighty army standing on their feet, ready for service. You know, I spoke a bit about that and also went into that a little bit more. So if you want to hear about that, have a listen. Then I went on to say, you know, The truth is, is that the baton of soul winning has been passed on to you and me, okay? It's not just for someone with a title like an evangelist or this or that. In God's kingdom, there is no titles, okay? But the pastors, it warns, will be heavily weighed more so than the people and other areas. But we are all to be weighed before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But the truth is that baton, that baton to win souls has been passed on to you and me. The mantle has fallen upon this generation and that mantle has fallen upon us. And I mentioned, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, man. He was one of the greatest evangelists. He was just an ordinary man with a, with a whole lot of faith, you know. He's not here anymore. Catherine Kuhlman. I was watching some of her videos the other day. Oh, man, is she passionate. Have you ever seen any of her stuff? Literally, she would walk into a place and she didn't care. There was one person there. She would preach it like Jesus was in the room and she was so, if you listen to some of Catherine Kuhlman's stuff, she would, she would just go somewhere. It's like, where's she, where's she going now? And you could feel the spirit even listening to it. I encourage you to listen, but she's not here. Corrie Ten Boom, 
She's not here. She went to her eternal home. Charles Finney, John Wesley, Billy Graham, you know, Mary Woodward Etta, you know, let me even say, you know, Mother Teresa. They're not here anymore, but we are here. Okay, it's our turn now to pick up that banner and run with it to rise up as an army of the Lord and not get stuck in the foxholes, which I described two sermons ago what a foxhole was. It's a place of defence in, in when, we're, when we're battling, where we, we're in defence mode all the time. And, you know, we've got to not get stuck in those places because the enemy can just come down and go boom, you know, and take us out spiritually. We don't want to do that. We want to be advancing, getting out of the foxhole. There is a season in a foxhole. You know, sometimes we need to go into the hole, you know, just to recover, you know, lick our wounds a bit, come back out. But the truth is, is that we need to be a people that is ready to go on the front line and take ground for Jesus. Because I've said before, and I'll say it again, I want to see new souls in this place. I want to see that we don't just have one baptism a year. We have to have five or we have to have 12, one a month. You know what I mean? Come on, let's start believing for what God has for this region and as I have been smashed. I know a lot of people in this church are getting smashed right now. That's because you have the faith to believe for souls. And when you do that, when we push against what the enemy tries to do, right, he turns up, the enemy turns up and he starts doing things in us, around us, at our job places, in our families. You know, he knows our weakness. He knows how to push that button in our life that nobody else knows. But the enemy knows. And the truth is we've just not got to stay in that foxhole, man. We've got to get out of it and get moving and get on that front line and win souls one at a time. You know, we are those who have been anointed to break through and set the captives free. We are anointed to bring deliverance to the bound and the oppressed. We are anointed. It's not for someone I've said to you all before with a title, you know, or with any of those sorts of things. We are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you know him as Lord and Saviour, he has placed that within you in a unique way for you. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be anyone else. You just have to be who God created you to be. And through that, people see Jesus. It doesn't matter in the context of where you are, where you work. You know, culturally, you are soul winners for Jesus. We are his hands and feet. Okay, so to go on today in 1 Corinthians 4.20, you guys don't have this. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, meaning talk, but it's in power. Okay, so that means we're not all talk. I like to talk. A lot. But the truth is, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I mean, when I first met Stephen, I literally had to talk with him in the car and there's someone else in this room like Louise the whole time. I felt I was having a conversation with myself. (laughs) Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You know, and so literally he, I was like, are you going to say something? Are you going to say something? And it took him ages to get the courage up to start talking to me. And so, you know, now I can't shut him up. He talks so much, which is awesome because that's what God wanted to do in his life. And Louise, exactly the same. I remember once I said to her, coming home from music practice, I knew Louise when she was 12, and we're coming home from a music practice and I remember I was trying to talk to her and I'm blah, 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 blah. And, and I said, so what do you think about that? Oh, yeah, I'm sure you feel like this. Oh, and then I just kept talking because I didn't want to make her feel uncomfortable. And she said, if you shut up, I'll talk. But I said to her, oh, my gosh, Louise. And then from that point, we used to sit out the front of her house when she was a teenager, talk through all of her issues and her problems to what? One o'clock in the morning, get home to see me. I was like, what have you been doing? 
I dropped Louise home tonight. So I used to warn him, I'm dropping home Louise, you know, but before that used to be, yeah, see you later, get a guitar and go. But God did something in her life. So that threw me off. But, you know, but we're not all talk. It's not all hot air. That means we have the power to back it up. The truth is, is that when you say something in Jesus' name, you have the power to back it up. In Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Any one of us can talk about the gift and the treasure that we have found through this thing, the pie hole. Any of us can share the gospel, any of us, because the power is within you to share the gospel. The truth is, is we can't think someone else would do it. It's within you or me. Wherever the kingdom of God is, there will be a manifestation of the power of God. Wherever you are, there can be a manifestation of the power of God, whether in your workplace, in your school, in your uni. You can have a Holy Spirit party exactly where you are. Don't let the enemy squash down what he wants to manifest within you. Take courage. Get out of that foxhole. Move forward. You know, in Romans, and these you guys have got this one, see, Romans 14, 17, yeah, just wake him up for me, Nath, says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes, but of righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Anyone remember that? Righteousness, peace and joy in Ron Canoli? Come on. I used to love Ron Canoli. You want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be... Anyway, I used to leave that, Louise knows. Then listen, we need to be listening to what Jesus says. In Luke 17, 21, nor will people say, look, here it is, or there it is, for the kingdom of God is among you because of my presence. The kingdom of God is amongst us right now. It doesn't matter how many is in the room. He's here right now. When you're at work, if you're the only Christian in that space, in that uni, in that school where God puts you, the presence of God is in you. It is in that room. It is in that space. It is in that place. We are the army of God. God has chosen you and I to be a soldier, to fight for souls, to see souls won. It's just so important we understand that. We've been delivered from the hand of the enemy. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and filled with the Holy Spirit and power. We had a baptism, a uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit last week. And it's a shame some of you missed out on that. So the truth is God just started moving and speaking and talking. And the truth is it is power. We minimize it. We think, oh, that might be a little bit too much. Did God ever say, oh, I want to create that part of the earth because, oh, the rest of it might be a little bit too much. You know, the truth is he didn't. He is full on like, and he's an extroverted God. He's not introverted. He's extroverted. He wants to be seen and heard through you and through me. So we have enlisted in God's army and we are armed and dangerous. Thank you for sharing your communion today because it will line up with what I've got to say. So God did not call us into his service and send us into warfare without weapons. He didn't go, oh, well, good luck. (laughs) The enemy's out there. He wants to rip your head off, you know, give you... Heaps and heaps of trouble, sickness, whatever else. He didn't, God said, I have given you the weapons to win this war. The very first one is Jesus because he has won the battle, right? Then God has given us the armour. And I want to read it from Ephesians. Did you read from the Passion today? No. 
Okay, so we're going to look at the Passion version of this today. It's in Ephesians 6, 13 to 19, the Passion Translation, which I love the Passion's Translation. It's a, a, yeah, it really encourages me, but it says this. Listen, because of this, you must wear all the armour that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. How good is that? Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as a protective armour that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. I love that. Stand on your feet alert like the Ezekiel army. Stand on the feet, your feet alert, then you will always be ready to share the blessings of peace as you subdue your enemies. It doesn't say you might. It says when you stand like that, you will subdue that enemy. Okay, so stand on your feet and you'll be ready to share the blessings of peace as you subdue your enemies. In every battle, take faith as you're you're wrapped around shield for he's able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of the mighty spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Wow. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Isn't that incredible? Then the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. When we stand with that armour, when we believe, we take all things captive and, disin- and disintegrate them with, with, when we trust and we obey Christ. You know, I come to you this morning with, with a heart in this battle and in this warfare, we have the advantage. We already have the advantage. We've got to believe it. We have been given weapons that the devil has no defence against, including the name of Jesus. No defence. When we have the power of the name of Jesus, the name that is above, hello, Every other name, he is the head and not the tail, right? The name above every other name, the name that holds power in three worlds. I'm going to talk about them right now. In Scripture, Philippians 2, 9 to 12, it says this, For this reason also, because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and unto earth. And that's three worlds. And that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father. He, he has authority in everything. And when we speak his name, we take authority. We take those things captive of what the enemy tries to do to destroy us. In Acts 4.12, it says, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved. For God has provided the world no alternative for salvation. I'm going to read that again. God has not provided the world no alternative for salvation. The only way to the Father is through the Son. 
Mark 16, 17 to 18 says, These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. I'm going to say that again. These signs will accompany those who, who have believed. Have you believed? In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues, the baptism of fire, in unknown tongues. I mean, it's known in the heavenly realms, but the devil, like I preached, like what I said, like the devil doesn't understand what you're saying when you speak in the tongue, okay? They will pick up serpents. Don't try it. (laughs) And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. And we have the power of the blood of Jesus. There's protection through the blood. I want this to start to sink into your spirit. There is protection through the blood of Jesus. There's healing through the blood of Jesus. There's deliverance through the blood of Jesus. There's cleansing for your conscience through the blood of Jesus. There's access into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. There's an overcoming power through the blood of Jesus that tells us that in Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their what? Testimony. This is how important your testimony is, right? You know, the old timers throughout the Bible, I'm talking about the Old Testament old timers and maybe even some of the New Testament, might not have had the whole revelation. Think about that for a minute. Think about it. We've got the whole word. Back then they walked through faith faith without everything, okay? So they might have had a lot of revelation that we have today, but they did know one thing. They knew very well. And one thing of these things they knew very well was there was power in the blood. They covered their doorposts. They knew the power of the blood. They knew. They would plead the blood on everything. The children, the cats, the dogs, the garden, the hose, the car, you know, the doorpost. Because they knew the power of the blood. They knew it. They wouldn't go anywhere or do anything without pleading the blood first. They would plead it on everything. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice for the blood. Truth is, Jesus gave himself and his blood flowed freely. That changed all things for us who live in the New Testament throughout that. And we have the power of the word of God. That same word that God used to create this whole universe. The chairs you sit on, they just didn't happen. God gave someone the initiative to, you know, create it. What do you call it? I've had a blank. What was that? Yes, thank you. Design, invent, whatever, yes. God's given that same initiative to people who don't know him yet to invent things to cure cancer, to build a CAT scan machine, to build an MRI machine. To, to have doctors who can perform surgeries that they never would have thought possible. This is God moving through people who don't know him yet. Don't ever think that you have to be saved for God to give you initiative. I've heard some incredible stories of doctors who've come in and done operations where God has spoken to them overnight. They don't even know God. And they've changed their operations and saved people. Absolute, this is why we need a bigger stage. Absolutely miraculously. Sorry, Cameron. Absolutely miraculously. And that's the thing I want you to remember. Like miraculously, God can do anything when we listen. The same word that Jesus used to cast out devils and heal the sick, to open the blind eyes and unstop deaf ears. We have that same word. Come on. That word is eternal. Forever, our Lord. You, you, you know, forever, oh Lord, your word is settled 
in heaven, standing firm and unchangeable, tells us that in Psalm 119, 89. When we use that word, it's the same as if Jesus himself was standing here and speaking it. When we say Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You know, there's healing power in the word. There is delivering power in the word. Psalm 107, 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Wowzers. When the devil attacked Jesus in the wilderness, he overcome him with what? The word of God. The power that defeated the devil was the word of God in Jesus' mouth. It is written in Matthew 4, 3 to 10. When Jesus defeated the devil in the wilderness, it tells you how he did it through knowing the word. The word is part of our defence. It is the sword of the spirit. And if we aren't in the word, with the word, doing devotions like I shared today, getting into scripture, not only just listening to whoever's speaking or doing communion on Sunday mornings, if we're not doing that Monday to Saturday, we're in trouble. It's the word. We have the weapon and the power of praise. Praise will knock down walls. We saw that with Jericho. Praise will open prison doors. We saw that with Paul and Silas. Praise will set the captives free. We saw that with Jesus. Praise will bring divine assistance into your battle. Praise will confuse your enemies. Exactly what happens throughout the Old Testament. Confuse them all. You know, praise. We have the power of prayer and fasting. Come on. Prayer and fasting. I'm not talking it with one and not the other. These are two powerful tools that we often neglect. Isaiah 58, 6 tells us the power in a fast. In Isaiah 58, 6, it says this, Rather, it is this, it, is this not the fast which I choose to undo the bonds of wickedness, to tear to pieces the ropes of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and break apart every enslaving yoke? Prayer and fasting are powerful when they work together. I encourage you, if you can't fast from food, understandable, but there's so many other things we can fast from that we enjoy doing. Prayer is powerful, but fasting multiplies and magnifies the power and the effect of your prayer and my prayer. It puts us in a place of vulnerability and wanting to get closer to God. Then we have this powerful communication system that the devil just can't understand. And I spoke about that, about praying in tongues. We have the weapon of praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. Sometimes when I just feel like I do not have the words, I start praying in tongues and it lifts. You know, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive the tongue. And it is a faith step to speak. Took a lot of faith for me to start when I was a young Christian to start praying in tongues. It took a lot of faith because the enemy was at the the boundaries of my mind saying, oh, this is rubbish. This isn't true. But I tell you, I will stand here today and tell you, I my tongue has changed at least five times in my walk with him. And each time God does it, I feel like I'm closer and closer to the frame room of God. But the truth is the devil, he can't understand a thing I'm saying, but the Holy Spirit utters those words for me by the Spirit. It's a powerful thing. When we pray in English or in our native tongue, the devil can track us on his radar. But when we start praying in the spirit, we start praying in tongues, we disappear completely off his radar and we become invisible. How cool is that? Who knows the Klingons? Put your hand up. One person. Oh, come on. The Klingons did not invent the cloaking device. 
Sean, you must know who the Klingons are. You know, they, they did not invent it. The Holy Spirit, that was his invention. I'll explain a little bit more. Okay, so on the show Star Trek, now come on, who has not watched Star Trek? Oh, my golly me. It wasn't because you weren't allowed to. On the show Star Trek, there was an enemy. On the show Star Trek, there was an enemy to the progress of the Enterprise and their mission, and they were called the what? The Klingons. Okay? And every time Captain Kirk was about to blast them, you know, with his laser in the show, they would switch on their cloaking device, okay, and disappear off the screen and become invisible. It's true. You've got to watch the show. Okay, I'm going to bring it back to what I'm talking about now. So that's what happens when we pray in tongues. When we pray in tongues, we get cloaked by the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's touching some of you, isn't it? And the devil can't track us anymore. You you go off of his radar. How cool is that? When I'm praying in English and I feel resistance and I don't feel like I'm getting through, I just switch over to another frequency and start praying in tongues and I get cloaked by the Holy Spirit and I can fly straight by the enemy and he doesn't even know what's happening. How cool is that? Why don't we use it more? You know, the the whole truth is today you are called. You are chosen as an ambassador. You are anointed to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you are armed and you are dangerous and you have the advantage. Now, if you've got all of that, what are we doing? Greater is he that is in me than he, that little flea that is in the world. It tells us that in 1 John 4.4. Greater is he that is in you, Jesus, than that little flea that's in the world, the enemy. Okay. Can I tell you this morning, the devil has underestimated you and he has underestimated us as a church because we're not lying down for anything. We're not hiding in no foxholes for anything because we will advance the line and see souls one to Jesus in this region. We are not some weak need, limp-wristed, defeated, discouraged, beat down, head hanging in the dirt, bunch of believers just trying to hold the fort till Jesus comes. Sorry, you're in the wrong church if you want that. That's not who we are. We're going to take ground and we're going to win souls for him in his name. We are the army of God and we are armed and we are dangerous and we are possessing this land. Who agrees? Come on, can I hear an amen for that? Amen. We are going to take, we're going to possess souls for this land and we are going to be passionate and we're not going to let the enemy win. Matthew 16, 18 says, And I say unto you that thou art Peter upon this rock. So saying upon Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of hell shall not prevail against what God is doing in Seaford and in this region and through Arise Church globally. Luke 9, 1 to 21 says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Jesus is doing that with us today. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You know, all, notice he didn't say, he told them to wait in a room until all the sick came to them. He sent them, go, therefore. You know, and then they all come back together. You know, but he sent them. All three of these scriptures describe an army on the move, advancing, marching in power and authority 
treading down every enemy, every devil, every sickness and every disease, breaking through every obstacle and getting rid of every hindrance. That is the truth. That's the church as God sees it. That's what God sees it because that's how Jesus delivered it. Is that is who we are. Tell your neighbour right now, turn around, that's us. Go on, turn around. Oh, come on. Now tell your neighbour, that's me. Come on. That's me. That's me. You know, we're not going in our own authority, on our own power, but we're going in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I feel the wind of the Holy Ghost. I feel the breath of God breathing new life into some dry bones right now. I feel a fire getting into some of your bones. Things are changing. The sail has shifted. I feel a mighty army rising up in the spirit of God, that God is breathing afresh upon us. I feel a fight coming back to someone right now this morning where you were in a graveyard. I feel it. I feel somebody's jumping back into the battle this morning. That you've just gone, no, I am not going to stay in that foxhole. I am not going to be a defensive Christian my whole life. I'm going to go out and I'm going to take ground from the enemy. You've given up and you've given in. But this morning, God is breathing a fresh life into you. What once was in a graveyard of your life is now brought back to life, standing up in attention, ready to go. I'm feeling it. You know, somebody I'm talking to this morning, you've had the breath. The Lord said to me as I was bringing this together, you had the breath knocked out of you. I don't know if you're in the room, you're listening online. You took a good hit. The devil hit you. He hit you physically. He hit you emotionally. He hit you financially. And he hit your family. He hit you where it hurt and knocked you down. But you know what? You're up again. You're standing on your feet right now. You've got breath and you're back. You've got fire back and you've got faith back and you are armed and you are dangerous. And do you believe it this morning? You are a soldier and a part of the army of God. You have enlisted in God's army. You have enlisted. We are enlisted. It is a privilege to serve our King of Kings and honour our Lord of Lords. I'm just going to get Scotty up. I just want to finish this morning with a poem. And I read this poem Oh, it touched me and I just want to share it today. It touched me and I just want you to close your eyes right now and just listen to the words. And it's called, I am a soldier in the army of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience tried by adversity and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army and I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all of my need. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat me. 
People cannot disillusion me, weather cannot weary me, or even death cannot destroy me. Sorry, weather cannot weary me or cannot silence me and hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from from his battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army and I'm marching claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier marching heaven bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? reach out to Him right now. For we are chosen. We are appointed. We are anointed. We are armed and we are dangerous. Death can't keep us down just as it did you, Jesus. We are afresh you've breathed, breathed the fresh upon us. Right now, will you just stand, those who can stand, just stand up quickly to your feet. Just as I finish this message, I want us all to say out aloud so the enemy can hear it. I want us to do this. I am enlisted in the army of God. Can we say that together? One, two, three. Three, I am enlisted in the army of God. I am a soldier of the King. I am a soldier of the King. The gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail, will not prevail against me or against your kingdom, against me or against your kingdom. And one more time, I am enlisted in the army of God. God. Lord, we want to be soul winners for You, Lord. We don't want to see empty seats. We want to see souls one to You. And Lord, it's going to be nothing that we do, but everything You do through us as we're obedient and step out on that front line and take it for You. As we put on that whole armour of Yours, Lord. Let people just get to us and see Jesus in us, through us, by us. I just pray against the devil's um, disillusionment disillusionment and his frustration and the fear that he brings and the fear of being ashamed. I just pray right now against it, right now, break that tie in this place, right now, right now, right now, in Jesus' Name. I just pray that everyone that meets one of the family of Arise,